Hello again, lovely folks. Uh, welcome to episode four of the Hurtwood Muse podcast. This time around, we're going to be trying out yet another experimental format in the form of storytelling, but this time sending people out into the field and just collecting random anecdotes from the students of Hurtwood. We had a huge team of people helping us on the 7th of Feb where we had a kind of Muse publicity and launch day down in the canteen. We had Nat and Sophie, um, Jojo and Sue Wen and Kat and Jade and Giselle and Honor and loads of other folks came down, uh, mainly uh, for the amazing donuts that uh, George and the canteen had laid on for everybody, it has to be said. Um, but also just to talk to us about what we were doing and share their stories and listen to other people's stories. It was our first foray into a sort of mainstay of the podcasting and radio world, which is uh, kind of field recording. And I think everyone did a really great job. They were all out there telling their stories, strange and weird and wonderful stuff. Um, and also some stuff particularly to do with regret as part of a film project that Nat is hoping to put together. We also had um, Guy Gooch down there taking some amazing photos, which we've got up on the Muse blog. So, yeah, we hope you enjoy the random and wonderful stories from the students of Hurtwood House. Till next time, folks. I don't believe in regret because at some point in my life I wanted to do it. A lot of things. <laughs> it's not that I don't believe in them. Obviously, you know, you can regret things at the time, but I kind of just put it out of my mind and I feel like that's no point in wasting time feeling bad about something that's already happened. That's, that's how I choose to live the life. I know what I regret. I regret I didn't buy a size down on the shelves I just bought in Ikea this morning for my bathroom towels. Because when I got home I realised what I bought is too big. <laughs> that is a fantastic regret to have. Thank you, Louise. I feel like the only way I'd regret something is if something made me happy at that time, but it ended up just being really stupid. But I don't do many of those things, thankfully. So, yeah, I don't think I really have many regrets. Well, not any that I can think of right now. And um, what I would say I regret is that I tend to like put so much effort into people that really don't deserve it and just end up like hurting me so much. And like, like they not only they don't put effort back, but then like I get into like toxic relationships with people because I put too much effort. And so now I'm learning on not doing that. But I also don't want to seem like I don't care about people, so it's a bit complicated. But yeah, right, it's finding balance. Thank you for sharing. Works. This will work. This is working. Yeah, this is definitely working. So I was in reception and um, there was this big tree in my playground at my old, old, old school. Three olds because I've been to a lot of schools. And um, I'm running around this tree and um, I'm, I'm playing this game with this girl and we're running around and um, I throw up. And it was really like. I could taste it. I remember there being mango, but I can't be specific. That is useless, I love you. You are foul. You are foul. But anyway, so the game was over and I stopped running around the tree. And I thought to myself, I will be a decent citizen. 
because I want to go to heaven. So I'm going to clean out my vom. And this is a really big thing for, like, a little girl in reception. Like, that's a, I'm proud of me. So I, I'm looking for this vomit, and I cannot find it everywhere. And when I tell you I looked everywhere, I looked everywhere around this tree, okay? But I know it happened. I could taste it. You're welcome. One second. Okay. Right. My biggest regret was not saying goodbye. This isn't really like a, a single regret, but I'm the sort of person that doesn't really like confrontation. But I have that sort of thing where a moment goes by and you look back on it and go, okay, I should have done this. So there are just too many of those in my head, like moments when you should have said something. There was a girl I knew who was getting bullied and like one of my biggest regrets is not speaking up and helping her uh, because now I don't know what she's doing now. So I, I suppose not putting my voice out there and even in the potential of conflict. I don't think I can say it because it's not PG. We all have the same regrets, so... Oh, is it recording already? It is recording. My biggest regret, I have several. One of them is never learning Cantonese. One of them is giving up piano when I was in year six. I feel like another big regret is not moving back to the UK sooner. Mm. And also, like, wasting time working so much when I could have just had a chill time instead of sacrificing my mental health. Yeah. I was going to swear, never mind. I, <laughs> and I wish that I spoke up more in class because I've always had this reputation of being, oh, like, the quiet one yeah. and, like, not knowing anything because I was scared of people thinking I was stupid. But then I kind of realized no one's going to remember what you're going to say. So might as well say it and not regret not saying it and feeling like a about yourself. That is great advice. <laughs> I fell off my horse and I um, lost all my memory. Uh, so I knocked out and then I woke up and couldn't remember where I was. Wow. And um, my brother found me and um, he told me I'd been riding my horse but I asked him what horse. So I had to go to the hospital. I had like brain scans and my mum and dad weren't in hospital with me and the doctors told me I had a hemorrhage. Well, I was, I was once at a water park I was going down like this really old slide, kind of, so it was kind of not great. And I had very loose uh, bathing shorts on. <laughs> and when I got to the bottom, they were not there anymore. I think they got stuck on the water slide. This woman, who was just a random shopper, randomly came up to us and posed as a um, survey taker. Take it like this person started talking to me, and I thought, Oh, she's gonna ask me for directions. So I, I was polite. She forced me into taking one of her Buddhism books, was like trying to get me to give her five pounds for it. So I gave her one pound. She was claiming it was just loving donations. So I was like, Well, then you'll take one pound, won't you? I looked at it when I walked away. I was slightly scared it was extremism. So I threw it under my um, chair on the train and left. When I was like seven, I had mad sleepwalking issues. I'd literally get out of bed and walk and wake up in random places. <laughs> and then um, this time I was in Romania where my grandma lives and I was at her house. And um, in the middle of the night, I get up and decide to sleepwalk into the pantry. And I, be I get woken up by my grandmother who has got candles ablazing and holding a Bible and starts reciting some weird prayers in Romanian, um, attempting to perform an exorcism on me because she thinks I'm possessed. She thought you were possessed. <laughs> by a demon. Wow. Yeah. 
you were exorcised by your own grandmother. That is a fantastic story. Being born. <laughs> I wish I like lived in the 60s so I could have witnessed Woodstock because like I love ACDC. Wait, hold on. Were they in the Woodstock? I'm not sure. Uh, like, even if there are things I wish I've done like. Oh shit. <laughs> it is for a podcast, so I do have to have material. My family like. Uh, when they have huge arguments and stuff like between my mom and my grandparents um, like I never sort of speak up when the adults are having an argument like even now I doubt that I would sort of intervene because I just feel like it's a bit pointless but there were some times that I felt so strongly and I would kind of like I would kind of tell myself like okay maybe this is the time I should speak this is the time I should speak I think there was once my uncle was talking about because my family always talks about just the most random and the grandest topic on dinner table like why and then he was talking about how um how he thinks the fact that we learned so much history and sort of ideologies in the past like because in china we there's so many like books like ancient books that talk about like philosophy or like mannerism and stuff that those were like the fundamental like like school books in like a thousand years ago and we still kind of study them ish and then my uncle was saying that he thinks none of them is relevant at all and he thinks that the reason why China is is still a developing country but not a developed country is because we can't abandon these old ideologies and we're just so stuck in this like concept that all the, the old things would save us the old knowledge would save us and he was like being really concrete about it. and then I was just sitting there thinking like how sad it is that people think about that because I think it's so important to like know about your history and like where everything came from and stuff and I, I, I like literally I was just thinking about it on the car and I kept like wanting to say something I kept wanting to say something like I think my uncle was wrong like, I kept wanting to just say that but I never did and it really upset myself yeah I feel like you can't really live your life with no regrets although I try to convince myself that if I have a regret I just convince myself that like, I don't regret it yeah. so like something will happen I'll just be like yeah no, it was like meant to happen but, I don't know I think things happen for a reason really when I was younger, my brother used to play PlayStation a lot, and um, he was meant to be revising so he could get into Cambridge, and he was playing too much PlayStation, so um, my parents think basically some higher power must have done this, because when he was playing his final hockey match, hockey ball flew into his hand, and he broke his um, non-writing hand. And then he could only play, and they thought, oh, well now he'll only um, be able to revise, not play PlayStation. Instead, he liked to play it one-handed. Once upon a time, there was a princess who lived in the castle. And one day, another princess saved her because we support feminism. Inyo Asano, he wrote a manga called Goodnight Poon Poon. That's very, very good. Um, Why do you like it? It's just really real and kind of scary. But it's not a horror story. It's just kind of a very accurate coming-of-age story. That's also very dark. I don't know, I've written about it for Muse, actually. Awesome. You can read my article on Hurtwood Muse. Robert Mitchamore. What did he do? He's done the Cherub uh, series, which I loved in year seven, and Henderson Boys, which is like, mm, it's great. 
I also like Sarah J Maas, who wrote like the th and like the Throne of Glass stuff, obviously. Another story. Gosh. All right. Can I hold it? Once upon a time, there was a little girl called Elizabeth, and she loved a little man called. Father Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, I've got a funny story. Okay. Um, when I was here on the first day of A2, I walked back down to see my friend and I face planted, like, I smacked, I like stacked it in front of all the new A1s and they all looked at me and they were like, favourite author? Uh, I like, I like, um, I love Mallory Blackman. One of my all time favourite series is uh, The Shadow Hunters by Cassandra Clare. Really good like, one. Do you like the main ones or the, the prequels? All of them, literally. Of them. I've got her newest release, I'm about to read it. I haven't read it yet, but I'm like, oh, oh so excited. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> oh, hi. Have you ever thought about being published on Muse? No, I can honestly say I'm not. You do photography, right? Mm -hmm. Why don't you send in your amazing photo? Oh, actually I did. I did send one in for Photoverse, but I don't know when you hear back from them. End of like half term, mm. like half, half term. But um, you should send them in, put them up, get published. I can say that they're amazing. I love them. Aww. Send them in. You can send them to me if you'd like. Or I actually have sent in my pictures before, but I never read the article on what happened to them. <laughs> They're probably up there somewhere there. Okay. Who is your favourite photographer? Oh, Nan Golden. Oh, okay. And yeah. what, like, what sort of things does she photograph? She, um, she photographed, well, she had many phases. She went through one in New York where she photographed drag queens. And it was like my favourite of her work. I like okay. Tim Walker, who's a fashion photographer, more commercial. But okay. they are like insane with the sets and everything. And it is like a dream. And the stuff he takes. I had a really good idea for Muse. I don't know if I want to tell you because you might steal my idea. I actually um, had like been on Muse before um, I came to the school. Like when I came for my interview, that was one of the things Cosmo brought up. I was asking about publications that the school runs, and he talked about Muse. So I went on and I found some poetry that I really liked. And I hadn't at that time done a lot of poetry, but um, once I came to the school, I knew that that was something that was available for me and that I could participate in. It's also one of like the major creative societies in school and there aren't really any restrictions or boundaries as to what you can write and I think that I, th <laughs> I think that it's a, and it has a really great community people are really encouraging you have like small group meetings and everyone's just lovely and supportive and I like it and they have great sweatshirts and food <laughs> Thank you very much You're welcome. Do you mind if I Excuse me. Oh no. Who is your favourite author? My favourite author. Just to please like anyone doing English literature, I'm gonna say Margaret Atwood. So please love me, please love me English people and give me a good grade in my coursework. Thank you. Um I'd have to go for Hobo Johnson, who's a artist who does sort of like spoken poetry with music. Oh Which um he does really well and he's got very sort of sad and meaningful songs and really good poet I think. Oh no. Do you mind if I borrow you for a second just to ask you like a couple of quick questions? Me? All of us. All of you. Okay. Really? We were just I just wanted to ask, so um Who wrote oh, the draft? George Orwell. Oh George Orwell. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. Animal Farm. He's Anim- I love Animal Farm. Animal Farm. Oh, 1984. Yeah. Down Out London. The Garage. Yeah. Uh, the the guy who wrote this. Nigel is 48. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Right, ready? Chaucer because he taught me the word Quente and I feel like I really relate to the wife of Bath. Well, Ruby Power, I don't know if you know, she's more contemporary. Yeah, Power. I'm not really sure how to say her name, but she's a more contemporary poet and I really like her work because it's very simple but effective. It gets the message across in less words and it's just, yeah. just aesthetically pleasing, yeah, pleasing yeah. as well. It resonates with our, uh, like, uh, I've got one. When I was younger, I watched an episode of Scooby Doo with my sister. This is thinking about Scooby Doo. And um, there was a Chupacabra episode, and we were terrified of it. For about three years afterwards, I still thought it existed. The Cohen Brothers. I love their offbeat directing style. Burn After Reading is one of my favourite films. I love Fargo. Um, my favourite book is Call Me By Your Name by Andre Iceman. I don't know why you bought that. Love it. In Dublin. Yeah, you were like sat in that bus being like, oh my god. Oh uh, yeah. I read it in 12 hours. Fresh, man. My favourite author is Jacqueline Wilson. <laughs> You are the fourth person to say that today. <laughs> no, I'm not. Would you recommend Muse to other people? Yes, I would. Because it's a great place to just let out some creative... Anything that's on your mind. Why? Because it's nice having other people around who are kind of like-minded. And, you know, you can bounce ideas off of. And... Who's um, my favourite uh, Taika Waititi or Stanley Kubrick. Why? Why? Um... Like why Titi has like a very distinct style to his direction. It's sort of like a really interesting mixture of like sort of comedy and the sort of agonizingly sort of realistic portrayal of you know heartbreak a lot of the time. Not like in terms of romantic love, but just sort of any sort of I guess sadness. It's very like bittersweet, which which I find very interesting. And Stanley Kubrick is a neurotic genius, and he's excellent. <laughs> My favourite artist, Sachin Teng. She's an illustrator who does this crazy surrealism. And I really love it a lot. I'm going to write an article about it soon on Muse. I am not funny and I have no stories. Have you watched Stalin is Dead? I love that movie. <laughs> oh my god, Khrushchev is so funny. <laughs> and then Brezhnev, I was like, no Brezhnev. I know, and he like pissed himself. Then they're all like, Who's your favourite author? What? Who's your favourite author? <laughs> My favourite author is F. Scott Fitzgerald. Why? Why not, Sophie? <laughs> what inspires you to take photographs? Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> um, what inspires me to take photographs? Well, I like doing fashion photography. And so... And I'm kind of into fashion, so not so that no, this is so, I think at this stage you kind of had got to take every job you can get. I just went into it because no one else did it, and I was like, yeah, let's be super cool and unique. And then I kind of realized that I liked it. I wanted to do star photography, like nights and wildlife and stuff. Can you swear on this? Okay, um, I was just pre planning. Um, and then yeah, I wanted to do stuff like that, but then I realized that. 
one, you can't really make any decent living off that. And two, I was into fashion, why not just shoot people? But I was just quite introverted at the time, so I didn't, I didn't like shooting people at the time, so I couldn't really communicate with people. But um, then I got more extroverted, and um, yeah, here I am. Wait, what was the question? <laughs> I, think, I think it's, it's when I came to Hurtwood last year that I really has gone and started to do it more regularly and like I try to keep it as like a habit like I start to just jot things down when I think about them I guess it's just the form of it that just gives it the, the, the space to just be sort of like your thoughts like just anything you think about like it could be just pure fantasy or something yeah, and obviously because I, I studied in China and Chinese poems are such an integral thing of Chinese literature and it's completely different from English poems. Um, and so I, I guess that subconsciously interested me as well, like this difference between the same art form but in two different languages. I have a favourite Chinese writer and he wrote sort of, he wrote sort of loose prose. Yeah. We like we categorize it as loose prose, so it's not like very solidified short stories. But it's like he was a very poetic person. Okay. But I think he's definitely one of my favorite writers. He's called Zhu Ziqing. Um, and then yeah, and I think poems are just like I don't think I even I've understood Chinese poems by now because it's so complicated. It tends to be that whatever is most recent is the thing I hate less because I improve with each thing, so it gets less and less bad. I think generally with improvement in art, it's like conscious practice, you know what I mean? Like you have to kind of be actively thinking about what you're doing. I tell you we ran here because Sam was like, they're getting our donuts in the cafeteria. Me and Catherine were like, got our shoes on and we came from the pavilion, bro. Um, it's kind of what I do. And then just cut it there, and then, and then it sounds like really deep. And then you go into the next bit.